October is Reformation Month at Calvary Bible Church, and uh, usually we talk about uh, some aspect of the Reformation, usually uh, kind of the Reformation that happened in Germany and Switzerland with Calvin and Luther, but this year we're focusing on the English Reformers, uh, some of those faithful men who really uh, contributed to all of Great Britain and really the world being influenced by the Word of God. The previous week, uh, if you were here, we talked about William Tyndale and John Wycliffe. These men are significant because they were the first great translators of the Bible into English. And so this morning, I want to look at one of the first great preachers of the Word of God in English, Hugh Latimer. Latimer was born during the very dark times of King Henry VIII before King Henry had broken away from the Roman Catholic Church so he could get a divorce. And at that time, the priests were very immoral, uh, biblically illiterate. They were really pirates who were robbing the people, uh, just using superstition and ritual to manipulate them and to gain money from them. The word of God was not being preached except by a few of the final and faithful followers of John Wycliffe who were kind of uh, sprinkling England with the salt of God's truth. So Latimer was raised as a farmer's son, but his parents were committed to get him a good education so that he didn't have to have the hard life of a farmer that they had. So at age 14, he was sent to Cambridge University. There he uh, stayed until he was 30 years of age. And at that time, Latimer himself said that he was the most violent and bigoted papist and slave of Roman Catholicism in all of England. So... That's where um, Latimer is until a very critical moment. And that critical moment was uh, when one uh, friend of his, uh, he didn't know this man, but the man ended up to be a great friend of his, uh, Bilney, came and talked to him about the gospel. Bilney saw that Latimer was very zealous. As a matter of fact, he held what was called the office of the cross bearer. He'd carry a staff with a cross on it because he was so zealous for Roman Catholic doctrine. They, they elected him that office seven years in a row while at Cambridge. And, and Bilney, when he saw Latimer, thought, here's a guy who's sincere. Here's a guy who's very passionate, but obviously he's misguided. So I'm going to talk to him, which is a pretty bold move by a very young man. Well, as Bilney shared his testimony and the gospel with Latimer, the spiritual scales fell off of Latimer's eyes and he saw the truth for the first time. Latimer said, quote, I learned more by his testimony than I had learned for many years before that time. And from that time forward, I began to smell the word of God and forsook the school of doctors and such fooleries, end quote. Latimer did uh, not do things by half. He was uh, an extremist. And so as soon as he came to the Lord, he just started studying the Bible, just studying, 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 and preaching and living out the truth of God's word. He began to visit the sick and feed the poor and, and preach really as no one at that time had ever heard anyone preach before. Usually you would go into the church and a verse was read and some things were said in Latin and you went home. 
But here you have a man preaching in the common language of the people, the very word of God. J.C. Ryle comments, quote, he commenced preaching in the university pulpits in a style hitherto unknown in Cambridge and soon became famous as one of the most striking and powerful preachers of the day. He stirred up hundreds of his hearers at Cambridge to search the scriptures and inquire after the way of salvation. His preaching was sound, it was clear, it was doctrinally accurate, and he was just moving people to seek Christ. He was preaching the gospel at this time like really nobody else was. When Henry VIII checked uh, at one point the um, distribution of Bibles, Latimer was so fearless in his proclamation of the word that he wrote him a letter. This is the king. I mean, you know, King Henry VIII, the one who chopped off people's heads at a whim. And rebuked him for doing so. He was then asked to preach before the king. And so he started off with this little dialogue to let the king know who was really the king of his life. And so he had this conversation with himself at the beginning of his sermon saying, Latimer, Latimer, you are going to speak before the high and mighty King Henry VIII who is able, if he think fit, to take your life away. Be careful what you say. But Latimer, Latimer. Remember also that you are about to speak before the king of kings and lord of lords. Take heed that you do not displease him, end quote. Though a son of thunder in the pulpit, his life was characterized by meekness, humility, and charity. Many came to Christ through his preaching, uh, one, of one, uh, one of which was Nicholas Ridley, who himself later became a great preacher and was burnt at the stake, as we shall see with Latimer himself. But when somebody begins to go into a dark place and preach the word of God, Satan does not sit idly by and let them do that without some sort of opposition. And so what happened was, is as Latimer began to shake England with the word of God, those who once admired him at Cambridge became his persecutors and attacked him relentlessly. He was banned from preaching at Cambridge and eventually became uh, one of the royal chaplains to King Henry VIII. Eventually, after that, after preaching for a while there, he was appointed to a church at Kington, where he preached strongly against superstition and Roman Catholic doctrines, which were not biblical. For four years, he was persecuted as he did this. He was slandered. He was maligned. There were times when he was asked to speak places and groups of clergy intervened to stop him because they didn't want the truth of God's word going out. Because as soon as it would go out, then the people would realize, well, that's not what we've been been taught by the Roman Catholic Church. And so they didn't want that happening. So he was constantly persecuted. He At one point, he was brought before a religious convocation. This is a huge uh, group of clergy. They excommunicated him and imprisoned him to keep him from preaching the gospel. But King Henry VIII, when he found out, uh, he was kind of encouraged also by Archbishop Cramner that uh, they need to put an end to this. And so in order to stop the persecution against Latimer, they made him Bishop of Worcester. Latimer's elevation, though, didn't change him. It merely freed him up to preach the gospel more and to influence more people to preach the gospel. What is really interesting is kind of in this ironic twist, um, Archbishop Cramner invited Latimer to preach to the very clergy who excommunicated and imprisoned him. And this is part of what he said. He stood before them with great fervor and said, quote, Good brethren and fathers... Seeing we are here assembled for the love of God, let us do something whereby we may know to be children of light. 
Let us do something lest we who beforehand were judged children of the world prove even still to be so. All men call us pastors. So let us so order ourselves to be pastors in honor and dignity and holiness and benevolence and diligence and sincerity. Lift up our heads, brethren. Look about with your eyes and spy what things are to be reformed in the church of England. Is it so hard, so great a matter for you to see many abuses in the clergy and many in the laity, end quote? He contended to really bring the fire of God's word down upon them. He just totally uh, railed against idolatry, the worship of relics, the sale of indulgences, the prayers to Mary. And he thundered forth warning saying, God will come. He will not tarry long. He will come on such a day as we will not be looking for him at such an hour we do not expect. He will come and cut us in pieces. He will reward us as he does the hypocrites. He will set us where wailing shall be my brethren well gnashing of teeth shall be if you will escape being tormented be not children of the world if you will not be children of the world be not stricken with the love of worldly things do not lean upon them study for the glory of and profit of christ seek such things as pertain to christ and bring forth at least something that may please him Feed tenderly with all diligence the flock of Christ. Preach truly the word of God. Love the light. Walk in light. And so be children of the light while you are in this world that you may shine in the world to come bright as the stars with the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. End quote. He preached with such passion, with such zeal, that really they just hated him because he exposed them for the very religious hypocrites that they were. As Bishop of Worcester, he was pretty much free to do what he wanted. He knew there was a, a, a monastery, a place where uh, really that was a viper's den and just a pit of false doctrine in this monastic convent of monks. And so he just went straight for it, for it. He went in, he talked to the prior of the convent, and this is what he said. He says, I want to have a whole Bible in English chained in the church so that anybody who comes in can read it. I want every member of the convent to get himself an English New Testament. I want a lecture on the text of Scripture given every day in the convent. I want Scripture to be read at dinner and supper every day. I want every one of the clergy in the area to be provided with an English Bible. I want every pastor to read and study at least one chapter of the Bible every day. I never want the preaching of God's word to be set aside for any observance, any ceremony, any procession, and that they faithfully instruct the children in their respective parishes in the scriptures, end quote. I mean, you kind of get an idea there. This guy was on fire. And he wanted God's word out there. His goal was really to saturate England in the word of God. Yet, Henry VIII, who was selfishly and politically motivated, passed, was kind of coerced into passing what are called the Sixth Articles, which required all the clergy to practice certain Roman Catholic doctrines and practices which were unbiblical. So Latimer was forced to step down as bishop. For eight years, he was regarded as an extremist, and eventually he was imprisoned in the Tower of London. But eventually, King Henry VIII died, and his son Edward VI came to power. 
Latimer was immediately released and offered again his position as bishop, but he refused it. And when asked why, he said, I want more time to preach the word. He regularly preached before the king, traveled throughout England, preaching the gospel. And this continued until Edward died a few years later and his half-sister, Mary Tudor, also known as Bloody Mary, took the throne. Bloody Mary, during her short four-year reign, had nearly 300 faithful pastors and preachers of God's word hunted down in prison and burnt at the stake. Most were executed in the open marketplace of Smithfield as an example and a deterrent to anybody who would dare teach the word of God in public. Latimer was then preaching the word at Warwickshire. He knew six hours before his uh, arresters arrived that he was going to be in prison, but he didn't flee. When they finally arrested him, he said, quote, I go willingly to London at this present time, being called by my prince to render a reckoning of my doctrine as ever I went to any place in the world. And I do not doubt but that God, as he hath made me worthy to preach his word to two excellent princes, so he will enable me to witness the same unto the third. Ryle, J.C. Ryle notes, quote, in his spirit, he rode cheerfully up to London and said, as he passed through Smithfield, where heretics were generally burned, Smithfield has long grown for me. He was in prison in the Tower of London with none other than Archbishop Cramner and Nicholas Ridley and John Bradford, all great preachers and writers of Reformation doctrine. These four men were put in the same prison cell and eventually were transferred to a prison in Oxford. It was there on October 16th, 1555, nearly 454 years to this day that they were brought out, Nicholas Ridley and Hugh Latimer, to be executed by being burnt at the stake. Their crime, preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ and the word of God in English. John Fox in his book of martyrs writes, quote, the place appointed for the execution was on the north side of Oxford in the ditch near against Balliol College. For fear of any tumult against uh, tumult that might rise uh, to prevent their executions, armed city officials were ordered by the queen to keep the peace. Latimer and Ridley sentenced to die together. Were sentenced to die together, and Ridley came out first. And looking back, he saw Latimer and said, "Oh, are you there?" "Yes," said Master Latimer. "As fast as I can follow." At length, they came to the place of execution. Ridley first stood by his stake and earnestly holding up his hands, looked towards heaven. Seeing Latimer, he embraced and kissed him, saying, Be of good cheer, brother, for God will either assuage the fury of the flames or else strengthen us to abide it. With that, he went to the stake, kneeled down by it and kissed it and prayed. Behind him, Latimer also kneeled and earnestly called upon God. And after they arose from their prayers, they were compelled to listen to a sermon by a renegade priest upon the text, though I give my body to be burned and have not charity, I am nothing. They attempted to answer his false statements, but were silenced. Ridley then said in reply, well, then I commit our cause to almighty God who shall impartially judge all. Latimer added, there is nothing hid that will not be made manifest. They were told to prepare themselves for the flames and obeyed with all meekness. Ridley gave his clothes to bystanders who were glad to receive them. Latimer was stripped of most of his simple apparel. And though in his clothes he appeared to be a withered and crooked old man, he now stood quite upright. The smith took a chain of iron and fastened it around the middle of Ridley and Latimer, then to the stake. A bag of gunpowder was tied about the neck of each, besides uh, bundles of six were piled around them. 
When the horrible preparations were completed, the sticks at Ridley's feet were set on fire. Latimer then said with boldness, Be of good comfort, Master Ridley, and play the man. We shall this day light such a candle by God's grace in England as I trust shall never be put out. The fire burned up towards Ridley, who cried with a loud voice, Lord, into your hands I commit my spirit. Lord, receive my spirit. Latimer, on the other side of him, on the stake, also cried out, Father of heaven, receive my soul. A bystander said he received the flames as if embracing them. He stroked his face with his hands and seemed to bathe in the fire. He soon died without any apparent pain at all. So let us not forget these faithful men like Hugh Latimer who preached the word of God, who shook England with their preaching and preached the gospel of life so that we too, as their descendants, could have it for ourselves.